been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS. Helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right. Good morning. We're live on Beyond the Mat this morning. How are you doing this morning, Doc? We good? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. I'm doing awesome. I've been looking forward to this. We got to meet together because we went to a speaker competition together out in San Antonio. That's where you and I got to meet. And you got to tell your story. And I we got to connect there. And, and now we've finally made it so you can be on the show and tell your story. You're unique in that you're a dentist on top of it. So You've been doing that for a long time. So I want to go ahead and give you the floor. I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself, where your dentistry is at, and then we're going to get get right into get right into this awesome story that you have. Well, Mark, thank you so much for uh, having me as a guest on your podcast. It's a real pleasure to come and uh, be here tonight and talk to you, everybody about what's going on with me. I'm a dentist. I've been a dentist for over 30 years. Uh, practicing in uh, California. And um, I've had two locations. First was in San Diego, and then I moved up to Northern California about 18 years ago, uh, Sonoma. Um, I'm a general dentist, but I also have a real advocacy for full mouth reconstruction, implant placements, veneering, uh, changing, transforming people's lives through their smile. Yes, and we spoke about that. We got to have a little bit of time together sitting there discussing your – we were in the uh, lobby of that hotel. And we are just kind of discussing a little bit about what you do and we, we talk about on the show and just how important, I guess, dentistry was. It, you kind of put it in a different perspective for me anyway that, you know, when people don't have a good smile or they don't feel good about their smile, uh, they just don't smile, right? And so when that happens, I guess you you talked about self-esteem. Let's talk a little bit about that and and how you get to transform people's you know, face, you, you transform their face in order to transform their self-esteem. You know what I mean? It's interesting to me because in the martial arts, we work on their self-confidence because they just don't have any confidence and you happen to do the same thing with dentistry. Well, yes. You know, sometimes people don't even want to walk in the door of my dental office. There's been occasion where I'd have to go out there and talk to them to kind of walk them into my office. Yes, they made the appointment, but did they want to follow through? They were hesitant to follow through. They finally walk into the office. You know, it could be as easy as a a teeth whitening that transforms themselves. Or it could be, you know, as much as doing like some orthodontic work, Invisalign, for example. Sometimes they have only like a tooth that just is a little bit crowded and they didn't want to smile. Um, Also, sometimes it's veneering where we, you know, veneer the whole smile, but it really does play a role in the way that somebody feels about themselves. You know, I've even placed Botox in some patient's lips that maybe their smile was so high that they see the gums instead of their teeth. And it's a simple fix, but they don't know that, you know. But I've transformed people's lives. I've gotten like letters and, you know, you know, thank yous and so forth for somebody that even even from a little teenager that finally, you know, I derotated her tooth. and She was so excited. You know, it can happen at any age and any time. That's so true. That was so that was really enlightening to me when we spoke about it. And I said, man, that is true. You know, if somebody if you can. If you've not had a nice smile or your teeth just aren't quite right. And, I, you know, you see this, you know, if, you know, if parents couldn't afford dentistry when you're a kid, 
maybe you don't have the, I didn't have braces when I was a kid. My mom and dad worked so hard and, but that just wasn't in the cards. You know what I'm saying? So I can see how, how that goes, you know, watching my own children go through some had really good teeth and some had, have, uh, you know, braces, but they got all kinds of stuff now for that. Right. They got stuff that you can just put in overnight. You don't even, uh, right. there's all kinds of stuff that, that, you know, cutting edge dentistry, I guess, to make yourself look better. And we even have same day crowns. Like sometimes people could just come in one day and the same day or the next day they can get their whole mouth transformed. Yeah. It's good in computers. Just amazing. So where are you practicing out of now? Where's your, where is the town that you're in? So I'm in Sonoma, California, and that's in the wine country, kind of in between Napa Valley and Santa Rosa County there. It's, it's right in between. So if they want this awesome dentistry, they can have a wine tasting contest or, or experience wine tasting and get their teeth all done in one sitting as a, as they come they up. Could. They so. could, they could come in for a retreat, you know, or a, a destination type of a, a weekend and come back out transformed. That's awesome. That's so good. That's so good. Well, let's talk about why you use that. You're going to now your your next thing that you're wanting to do is kind of get out there and speak, right? And right. I, you know, I'm in the same boat as you are. We spoke about this where I've been in my in my field for close to 40 years now. And I wanted and that's my, you know, my podcast is Beyond the Mat. And this is what I've taken from my life experiences in my school and then beyond, right? So right. and now you've had a tragic Let's let's talk about what transformed your life. What was a major thing in your life? Let's talk about it and how it's now, you know, projected you onto a, even a different path. So this is a, a telling story. So let, let's hear about what happened. So about three years ago, I lost my husband. And uh, it really transformed the way I thought about life. Um, he was a cystic fibrosis survivor of a 21-year lung transplant. And that's already something of a, a, a feat, right? Yes, for and sure. A lot of patients or people that had his condition couldn't even survive past 18 to 20. And so because of the double lung transplant that he had, he was able to have a new life. And, and on my end of it, I met him after he had his lung transplant. So I knew, you know, being in the dental field, I knew that, you know, being having uh, medical problems like that, it's very hard to live a normal life, right? Right. But he was a little bit different because his transplant was actually very successful. He was able to live a normal life when I met him. All he had was a tackle box that had all of his medications. It was probably about 50 to $70,000 worth of medication that he had to have to survive every month. Okay. So when we met, he says, Hey, are you afraid of scars? And I said, no. And then he shows me his clamshell, like lung transplant scar. It's like, Whoa, you know, and you know, what happened through that was, we had uh, talked on the phone. We lived far away from each other. I lived in San Diego. He lived up here. And we developed a great relationship on the phone at first. And then he came to visit me and I came to visit him. But in between that time, we were married for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And... He was really an advocate of Sonoma Search and Rescue. He was part of that team. We were campers, hikers. Um, we did razor, four-wheeling, and so forth. But that was an amazing thing because his body shouldn't have been able to allow him to do that. Uh, he would always say, oh, it's like going underwater, breathing underwater every single day hard to do that right and that's mm. how he survived his inspiration of life was that 
he did not want to leave anything on the table. He wanted to do everything he could every single day. And so he never wanted to, you know, talk or, or, or tell anybody his story. He said, after I'm gone, you tell it. So that's where my inspiration has been. And I think that I can help people more than just in dentistry, but in their whole life to help transform them, help them, you know, move on, help them understand that life doesn't stop after your spouse or loved one passes. You have to keep living for them and through them and memorialize them. Well, he tragically didn't, he didn't pass from his lungs, did he? Well, you know, it was the aftermath of the fires, I think, because he Is was, that what it was Sonoma search and rescue. Right. And so when we got um, we we got evacuated from our house, we had to go to uh, the um, the the little town of Santa Rosa. We were at the Vets Memorial Building for at least a week and a half to two weeks. But it was so much soot and so forth. And, you know, he still wanted to stay in Santa Rosa and help find those people that were missing. So they, the team told him, hey, we don't want you out there because they knew he had a lung transplant. So he was on the ham radio uh, dispatch part. But ever since then, he had have to have a 24-hour um, care with his lungs. Like, after all of that happened, his body pretty much started shutting down. He was in and out of the hospital for 10, 12 times that year. And finally, uh, he passed. But really, I think it was a lot to do with all the soot in the air and everything. He was on 24-hour um, oxygen and a tube, and he got depressed. And I think that the depression, along with being, not being able to be out there and help, you know, and, you know, do his normal life, it, it That's... made him stop wanting to live. That is a yes. I can I can I can totally understand that from his perspective. So even before when the fires hit, he's out there. Even with with a lung problem, he's out there saving and looking for people to, you know, he had a purpose, is what you're saying. That's and he right. Had a purpose to, yeah. And he had a purpose to go, and it expelled him. Yeah. And then as as things started deteriorating, you're probably right. All the soot and stuff in the air, I'm sure, did not help when it comes to double lung. No uh, stuff. So it's the, you know, what a, that's tragic. Yeah. That's a tragic story to hear, but he went out a hero also. So, you know what I mean? He, he went out there fighting and he fought for others to live. You know, I lost a nephew in, in, he was a firefighter. I lost a nephew and it wasn't from fire. He didn't get burned in the fire either when he had a cancer and he was a young man, my sister's boy. He, matter of fact, we just had his fourth, anniversary of his death too. So I, I get that in that fire department and his, he had a great brain surgery and it went well. And then bam, he had an aneurysm and he was the same way. He, he knew that if something happened, he wanted all his, you know, part of him to go to wherever that it could go to. Cause he was a young, strong guy. And, you know, Cody probably helped out a lot of people even after his death, you know, just a, just kind of one of those guys. I can hear that your husband's the same way. It's a tragic story. But I guess that's what puts you on on the map to kind of start doing something different with take your tragedy. How about you? How depressed did you get from it um, yourself? Did yeah. it, how did it affect you and how did you come out of things? So it was in 2019, right before COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And so basically he died in my hands, like we were, we were, you know, I brought him home from the hospital hospice and, and basically we were hand in hand. And all of a sudden I felt that his hand just like released and now we were both asleep, you know, it was nighttime. And uh, basically 
I could tell that his spirit released from his body. And I woke up suddenly and I'm like, wow, you know, Mark's gone. And I touched him. He was still warm, but he wasn't breathing. Mm. That, along with the fact that, what could I do? I still had a dental practice. I had to go back to work like the next week. What was I going to do? I did not want to get out of bed. I did not want to live life. I did not. I just shut down. I had vertigo for a whole month, but my dental team, my family, my dog, they all had a part in my healing process. Like, you know, the very next day I have to get up and walk my dog because she what? had to go to the bathroom. I had to let right. her out. Yes, I had to do all that. I mean, I don't have kids, but I'm sure that if I had a child, then I would have to do that with that person too. Right. Have a dependent, but Correct. Yeah. basically my dog is my dependent at this point. And then also I had, at that point I had like 14 employees that I had to make sure that they get a paycheck because if I wasn't there, you know, working on teeth, I couldn't have them working because how am I supposed to pay them? It, it's a very hard process as an entrepreneur, a, a, a business owner. When that happens and I'm the only one, I didn't have a dental dentist or an associate at that time. You know, it was very tragic and hard for me when I just didn't even, I didn't even want to go to work. I said, okay, I'm ready to retire myself. I I wanted to take a sabbatical, but I really couldn't. Yeah. Well, you, you are a hundred percent correct. And when you say that when there's other people relying on us there, you know, our, our time to, our time to grieve is, is limited because we've got to get back to it. And I can understand the dog thing. We do share a pit bull uh, breed in common. So we, uh, we did talk about that. You, you have a, a little pit bull. So, I so do. do I. So you do have some friends on here. I think these are Doreen is saying hi from San oh, Diego. Hey, Doreen. And this one is Rosie. Hi, Rosie. <laughs> so they're on listening, saying hi to you. Anybody else have any questions for her? You're welcome to. If you if you got some some uh, questions for her, you're welcome to to ask away. So now you're going to take this story, and so in the midst of all this, where did you decide that? Okay, I'm going to. Um, here's one more for you. Krista is oh, on here. Hi, Krista. Um, let's talk about when you decided that you're going to write this book, and how you took that on. Because, you know, we're both authors at this point now, right? And uh, I don't know. Did I give you a book when you were there? I gave everybody a book, I thought. Did you get one of mine or no? I thought I gave everybody books when I was at the San Antonio. I think you ran out, so I Oh, still, my God. I'll okay, it. well, I'll send one to you. I'll send one to you today. Um, so let's talk about how you decided to do that. And, you know, let's talk about what it was to author a book. Because I don't know about you. But that was a learning experience for me. Oh, totally learning. Because <laughs> I wasn't a writer. I went into science because I wasn't a good writer, right? <laughs> Who wants to speak and write and so forth? Anyway, so it pushed me. Mark's story pushed me to the limit. Pushed me to want to be able to provide something for others besides dentistry to get in there and tell a story. Now, my story is actually fiction, but it's based on truth, right? Because I had a lot of patients that survived the wildfire. They lost their homes. They lost, you know, things. And so I incorporated that into a book that would talk about survival modes, talk about, uh, having bug out bags, survival, and being out in the wilderness and surviving. So not only is this book about healing from a widowship, but also surviving out in the wilderness. So the reason why I made the fiction is so that I could incorporate everybody's story into this novel. 
And a funny thing happened the other day. One of my patients comes in and says, hey, Sophia. And I looked at him like, who the heck is that? But then I realized he was trying to tell me he read my book because uh, my character's name is Sophia in the book. So I didn't so you, I didn't understand this. So you wrote a book on kind of like a novel with your story. Is that correct? Exactly. And I wrote it in such a way that it incorporated life stuff that I had done in the past. And, you know, all of our, our uh, Mark's survival techniques and so forth, because he was always a, a, a survivalist. He was a uh, park ranger at the beginning of his life, where well, after college, you know, he, he spent some time at uh, this place called Bo uh, in Sonoma, Lake Sonoma, by our house. And um, he was a park ranger for a while because that's what he graduated from Sonoma State as. So he's always been into survival modes and surviving. And so I, in the back of the book, I have all his lists of things and I added stuff in it too for people that, you know, either had a pet or survival or, you know, any kind of environmental things to learn about the wilderness I have it in the back of the book as an appendix. But then in the beginning of the book, it talks about, you know, surviving the wildfire where the, the, the heroine was the one that lost her husband in a wildfire, which incorporated some of the stories that my own patients were telling me about their lives. So, you know, I'm, I'm able to capture more life story in this besides just my husband's yeah that's interesting interesting that you that's how you that's how you premised your book as, as a novel and yes. for the healing so you, um there's a patricia on here saying hello to you by the way hey patricia um so if that's the once you did that once you wrote the book it was pretty time consuming for me to write a book and then you know mine is kind of my more like what what life happened off the mat, you know, and what was really involved. Because I don't know, you probably get pretty involved with your own patients, right? You're going to know a little bit about their their history and just like I do with my students. And so I get involved in their life and we become part of their lives. There's the dog, see? I know that bark. I know that bark. <laughs> and so when when that when you went to write, we'll get her back on here in just a second. Kim's getting her doggy. We pause for dogs. There you go. So when you went to go writing, as you're listening to my, what, what I'm asking, so uh, what was the, what was the hardest thing for you to do? I don't know about you, but me, man, I had so many thoughts in my head on, okay, where do I start this and what do I do and how do I write? Cause I didn't do anything like that. I didn't even graduate college, let alone uh, become an author. You know what I mean? So how did you go about doing that for yourself? Hey, you know, um, I had a friend of mine that said, Kim, I know you wanted to write a book and I, I used to journal things, you know, I, I Ever since I met Mark, I would journal things because I knew one day I wanted to write a book and I knew he would never do it. So I started write, writing, journaling, just things that happen in our lives, like uh, main events, not every day, but main events of things that happen. And I kept this journal. And so when one of my friends said, hey, I'm going to write a book, I said, ooh, I've always wanted to write a book. I have some things that I want to share. And she says, hey, you know, why don't you introduce me to, you know, some, she wanted me to be introduced to her publisher. And so then um, what happened to get the ball rolling is that I talked to her, her publisher and which now became my publisher. And then um, I shared my story. Like he had an editor that kind of read my story and, you know, helped me 
go through more process. And one thing that I learned is that computers have really neat apps because I edited some of my book by having Word read my book to me. Mm. And if it didn't sound right, then I would like strike it out and like, you know, re redo some of the wording. But that was helpful for me because I'm a visual learner and a and an audio learner at the same time. So I would read it as as it was reading. I could see this the the text, and that's how I would edit my book. So you did? Did you do most all your writing, or did you have any ghost writing on the side? Yeah, a little bit here and there, but a little I bit just kind of mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mainly had the concept of it all. You know, I, I wrote a lot of that book. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I did a lot of that too. So, but I, yeah. And I knew I needed somebody just kind of help me direct my thoughts a little bit. It was, it was yeah. not, I learned so much from writing this one. Cause I'm on, are you going to, uh, do you feel like you're authoring any other books? Do you have I, any yeah. other stuff? What, so you, what what you're thinking thought, now? The next book is called Live, Love, Survive, and Thrive. Oh, that's going to be good. That one's going to be more of a nonfiction, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I think that the next book will be more of learning uh, from dentistry to inspiration and so forth. I I think that's going to be great. I think, well, tell me now, tell me about as far as going into your dentistry, what was it like to be uh, back when you started? How many female dentists were there? Is that something that you oh, broke into? Definitely. So I graduated in 93 from USC School of Dentistry in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And um, there was, at that time, there were 50% of the students were females in my group, but it was the most females that they had ever had in any dental class. And after, uh, at the end of the graduation, like maybe 20, 20%, uh, like did not make it. And some of them were females, but yeah, my class was the largest class to the date, even now to have 50% females. They never had any more than that after that, you know, that Mm. many um, people in one class that were females, but yes. And nowadays it seems like there are more female dentists going in, you know, people that are female that are going into dentistry because we can work part-time, you know, like Mm -hmm. we're, we are able to, have a schedule and schedule our lifestyle to fit our schedule of dentistry, I think. So in that, in that 50%, did the, how was the graduation? How many, how many were you uh, in the it, top? It, it ended up to be 70, 30 split, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. But before, right when we started, there was 50, 50. Got it. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot a lot of the female dentists out there now that we're able to have families, we're able to, you know, work in like, let's say if you didn't want to have your own business, you could work as a corporate dentist. They have corporations that, you know, have dental offices nowadays. But I chose to do the private practice aspect and, mm-hmm. you know. Although my my office is a corporation, um, I'm able to hire dentists to work for my corporation. Well, it sounds it sounds like you're kind of a pretty independent person anyway, and so entrepreneurship sounds like it was probably something in your in your wheelhouse anyway. And listening to ha- you know getting to know you a little bit more, so once so you've kept your practice now and now you got this book and authoring now you and i went to sticker shock let's talk about that a little bit what was your experience on is that the first time you spoke somewhere or not at that at that event and how did you get in involved in that okay so yes i had spoke 
in the past, but about dentistry. This was the first time I spoke about my inspiration, about Mark, about his life and so forth, you know, really on stage. You know, I, I read uh, parts of my books at libraries and other little private events, but this was the first time at Sticker Shop that I got, you know, to speak on stage in front of an audience and so forth the way we did. It was a very unique experience. Uh, challenging experience for me because I want to get better. I want to be able to change lives and I want to be able to share this with other people so that it can help their lives. You know, I, so did you meet Daniel Gomez at an event that had you go to sticker shock? How did it go about? Um, oh, so so Daniel Gomez, I met him on um, a uh, meetup online on one of those podcasts. Uh-huh. You know? And, you know, I heard a story through uh, Beyond Publishing. Was, uh, Michael Butler was my publisher at the time. He invited me to one of those podcasts and he had his guest was Daniel And Daniel's message really inspired me. And so I had a conversation with Daniel. He kind of coached me through a few things. And um, he he inspired me to start thinking about going beyond and Mm -hmm. speaking. And so I already wanted to learn how to do that better. And I went to his class so what was your experience you know i met daniel at at in new jersey he came out for when we when i released my book him and i got to i taught him how to break some bricks <laughs> so yeah and uh, then the next day we got we got to go enjoy philadelphia together we we spent i don't know the afternoon together uh, for four hours or so out out and about around philadelphia and we got to know each other from there. And then, you know, sticker shock is something that I did too, because I wanted to get this um, ability to get up on stage and and how to form it and how to bring it all together. Because, you know, I've got some really good stories out there, but you guys is when, when you guys talk about your kind of, when you got real stories, you know, and, and you have tragedy and then you overcome tragedy, it's always so inspirational, right? Or somebody like me that didn't graduate high school. I did a GED test, and I've taken my my entrepreneur type spirit, and I just, and you know, that comes from my parents. My parents were all always entrepreneurs, and then I, you know, I catapulted into this martial arts thing. I don't really have the typical uh, martial arts body type. You know, I'm more of a wrestler, lifter type guy, and then I take it to the next level, and I help other people how to make money in the martial arts. So it's all inspirational, right? And I wanted to get that same thing out there. Say, so if I can do this stuff, you can do this. And that's where it all started. So tell me how how your experience was going sticker shock. Because I remember right before you're going on stage, you talked to me a little bit. You were a little bit nervous about getting out there. Uh, I remember us having a little bit of a conversation. And so how did you, so how did you, what was your experience like for that? You know, right when I got on the stage, I thought I was going to forget everything, right? <laughs> right. Yes, I, I know that feeling. From the core. It <laughs> came out because, you know, I had, you know, kind of practiced a little bit and, you know, thought, what am I going to say? But every single speech is a little bit different. Getting to know the people first before I got out on stage it was a lot easier to talk to the audience because then I already knew that I knew some of them. Right. Look them in the eye, talk to them, be able to share my story with friends. Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 it's really interesting to the fact that, you know, they teach you to like get out there early, you know, meet your audience, be there early meet everybody, get to know them a little bit. And then when you're on stage, it's easy because you're talking to friends after that. That's that correct. The take that I got out of it all pretty much. Yeah, um, that was good. Cause you went to all of our tables. I remember you coming to all the tables Yeah, and you came to mine and you introduced yourself. So you did do exactly what you're talking about. 
and you went in. That was something that we spoke about, too. And I said, you know, I didn't do that. I should have went and done that. I should have went around and said hi to everybody. I'm one of those guys that I'm kind of an introvert when I'm up on stage or if I'm on class, I'm teaching or I'm here. But I'm kind of an introvert also. You know, I'm kind of I'm quiet. I stay kind of in the background. I don't really you know, I'm that quiet guy that's kind of watching everything. Believe it or not, even though when I get on stage, I'm a different animal or if I'm competing or teaching class. And so, you know, I learned that from you when you went around and you said, you know, I said I should have done that. should have just went and said hi to everybody. And it's always intriguing when I'm in uniform anyway. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, martial arts or whatever, whatever that looks like for in their lives, you know, or their experiences they've had. So that was really good what you did, what you had done there. The next thing is. When after your speech, tell me your feedback you got from people. What did people have to say to you? They people came up to me, hugged me, and they said, Wow, you know, that was such an inspirational story. It made me feel good because when I you when it's your unique to yourself, you don't know if someone's gonna want to really listen. You don't really know if it's gonna be like opening to somebody else's life but there were people that came up to me and said wow you know i have a a similar story or i i can't believe you were able to overcome that situation and you know it just makes me feel good that i touched the lives of all these other people whereas in dentistry it's only one chair one person and one time now i can at, at as a speaker I can touch the lives of a lot more people in one setting. It's it was it was so good. Yeah, you were so good on stage. You did great. You you came across. There's a lot of women there that day that were super powerful. And, you know, I had Diva on the show uh, a week or two ago. Yeah. Man, she is a really smart lady. Dynamo. Like super smart. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I learned so much from her just on the show and so you're the same way, listening to how you guys came across and how awesome you guys were. Uh, I can see, you know, what that's going to look like on the next level when you guys get to, um, you know, share your stories amongst even more. Because I had a really good time there sharing. Of course, I had to go up after Emilio after he had everybody in tears. You know, that was, uh, if you remember, his uh, his go. Now, are you part of any of those other clubs? Or are you just... Uh, with sticker shock sticker shock is all that you've that you've done now are you doing anything else after that what if what if you what's your next level that you're thinking about doing to go after it have you done anything like the gig salad have you looked into that and stuff like that for your are you going to podcast what's your thoughts well i'm on other people's podcasts right now i've done like four other podcasts besides Mm -hmm. yours And um, I'm learning a lot from being a guest on other people's podcasts so that one of these days, my inspiration will be to have my own podcast. If I, you know, get, I think the title of your book would be a great podcast. The, your podcast, tell me that live, go ahead say that again. Live, love, survive and thrive. That is such an awesome podcast name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I launch that book, finish, finish writing that book, that's going to be the name of my podcast. Most I think that's good. And, you know, because I changed my brand after I did Beyond the Mat. It was at Real Talk with Mark Cox. I branded myself to Beyond the Mat because that is kind of what I talk about and what I do and and the lessons learned. So I think that is a I think that's going to be phenomenal for you. I think you're going to do really good with that. I think you do really good with that. So let's. So where are you at in that process? So right now you're trying to. I, I was well. Let's talk about your book real quick because one thing I asked when we before we're on camera, I wanted I wanted to just get people to know how uh, how you go after it. So there's the grid. There's the book. There's the grid. My first book. Right. And I'll have all this on my when the audio the audio will break today also. So I have an audio version of this, and on my website at markcox.com there'll be your all your biography and all and where to order books, all everything you sent me will be on my website also. So you'll be able to share the audio portion or the video portion from whatever on, on my YouTube channel all, all the way to this. And you can go ahead and, 
and uh, share that off. And I'm going to make sure that people can can order your book from there. Okay. So with that being said, where are you with your next book? Where Where is your goals right now? Where are you in the process of writing? Are you in the process of outlining? Where are we at in that, in that, where you want to go? Well, I've already outlined the book. I'm in the process of writing it now uh, on my fourth chapter. And what I'm doing as well beyond that is that I have little groups of people that I am having them go. Since it's summertime now, we're doing, again, we're starting our hikes in my Mm -hmm. area. So there's people that have come to listen to me speak in the wilderness out in our hikes. So we bring our dogs, we go and do the hike, and then I give them a little bit of inspiration. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's great. So that was what, you know, I was leading over also because you happen to be, I saw that you said you have a, you posted that you have your book in the airport and I think you had some, I don't know, in some bookstores, you know, bookstores are very few and far between down here in South. I don't know how many bookstores are up North, but down here, if there's one every 20 miles, I'm shocked. Okay. Yeah, that's true. And so the bit most bang for your buck would be like Amazon or Barnes and Noble and those kind of things. Right. But I did call around and, you know, I, I actually had my book in Pasadena at the bookstore. Uh, did you? At Vroman's for a while. Yeah. Vroman's in Pasadena is a very, one of your locals uh, bookstores. So I went in there and I shared my book and, you know, I, I had some on uh, display. I even went and I spoke, uh, read part of my book at, in Pasadena. Um, I have some here at uh, my local bookstore in Santa Rosa, and I also went to San Diego one time. I had uh, it at the airport. So Terminal 1, San Diego Airport, you can find my book. Wow, that's that's great, right? That's awesome that we that, that you went after that. Because I thought to myself, you know what I almost did? When Daniel and I, uh, we were in Philadelphia, and when we were in San Antonio, I said, "Hey, man, we got to go to a bookstore. I'm just going to leave my book there. Yeah, I'm not even going to tell him. I'm just going to put it down somewhere. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, and we were going to do that. And he had brought books, and then we went off to Philadelphia, and I forgot my books. I'm like, oh, oh. my gosh. You know like, what else I do? Even those little books libraries in around the neighborhood. Have you ever seen those little book like well, not- well, where you can yeah where you can go and exchange books right? I put my book in there too. That's awesome. See, that's so, you that's know so what? good. It's all up to you. It's all up to you. It's all up to me to do what I want to do with my books. And, and I think that is a great lesson, is it not? That's we right. Someone else to work done that we need to do. It's just not going to get done because nothing is as important to anybody else as it is to us. Do you agree with that? That's right. And that's what I learned from your speak too. Like it's all. Yes. Yes. It you're a hundred percent, man. Cause I, I, I had to get after it, man. I couldn't even, I couldn't even rent my building. You know, they wouldn't even talk to me. I was so pissed off about that. To be honest with you, I was like, man, not only am I going to be now successful, I'm going to put it in your face and I'm going to own a building one day. That's how, that's how ticked off I was. And today I own my building that I'm in. Right. Because I said to myself, I said, man, you are not going to stop me, man. Everybody. I have learned a couple things about it. I don't know if you, what your thought is on this. And I have thousands of people of lives that I've, I've helped. Right. And when I first put my book out, I was super shocked on how many likes I got. I buy the thousands, right? But I didn't sell a thousand books. They just liked it. I'm like, yo, where's the support I'm buying, man? What's you're 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 kind of watching the success, but you're not catapulting the success, right? You're just you're kind of watching me what I'm doing, but you're not really coming up behind and and purchasing and and 
and enjoy it or buy the book for somebody else to, so that they can see from a story from a guy that just really shouldn't be an author. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just think that you have that same spirit. Thanks, Doreen, by the way. That's sweet. Um, You have that same spirit about yourself, about getting after what you want. And I guess losing your husband, too, it puts a different perspective on life. It has to, correct? You, you know, losing your spouse is different than divorcing your spouse, right? So, yeah. and I guess, did that put you to live life differently or did you, or live life even more vigorous? Which, which one was it for you? It was to live life more vigorously and, and, and do the things that he liked to do and we like to do together because we shared the same kind of uh, sports related ha happiness, you know? Mm. And so doing that and being even more checking things off my bucket list. I'm more vicarious about it because after he passed, I decided to go to Cabo and, and get that fish that I always wanted to get. You know, I went out there on a boat and I went out there and I got my huge fish that I had always wanted to get, you know, 75 pound Wahoo. And, That's awesome. and I also went hiking and I learned how to hike like through the wilderness. And I hiked up Half Dome a couple years ago. And then last year I hiked from Mammoth to Yosemite. And that was even, you know, more challenging. Even that, right? That little, that little spot right here that you're talking about. I'm going to see where we're at because I want to clip that out where we're at. I'm going to flag that. Because that little inspiration that you have right there about what you went and done is powerful. That alone on stage to say, this is where I was in my home. And I, I went to go do things, you know, for him and for myself. And I've done things that I did. It's just, that's just an awesome inspiration thing. And just the way you said it, I think that is a, that's just another speech in itself right there. Listening to you, doc, that you have this. I don't know. You have a good passion about what you're going to do. You're smart. You've, you know, you're on a different level than me as far as, you know, education and all that kind of stuff. Right. You, you went on the, my brother's like that. You know, my brother's got a master's degree in apologetics and, you know, he's, the, he's the bookworm. I'm the one that's uh, the rebel, the kind of fly by your pants type of guy. And, you know, tell me I can't do it and watch me. I'm not only going to do it. I'm going to rub your face in it all the way, all the way down. And I'm going to smile on the way, on the way. And you're going to try and you're going to watch me. And all of a sudden you're going to still be where you're at. And I'm going to be here winning. That's just how I like that. You know, and that's what propels me. I, I've got that competitive type spirit. Do you feel like you're a competitive or do you just feel your, uh, your spirit is more entrepreneur and mo more focused now that you lost? Have you always been this way or is it hyper now because of a loss with your husband? What, what, what's your thought on that? So some people would say that I've always been this way, but I myself don't think that I've always been this way. <laughs> Honestly, uh, like I, I would say to myself, I would say to you that I'm more like an entrepreneurial, you know, things have to be a certain way. Right. Uh, but other people would say I've always been ambitious and I've always been uh, more of an aggressor, but I don't think I have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, right? That's that's that. I what it looks like. Well, first of all, you know when you're inside a business. Now you've have uh you've had a a successful for thirty years. You've had a successful business, so there there is already kind of a tenacity to somebody that has uh, people that they are supporting and making sure that they have a livelihood while they propel your business forward. I've got the same thing. I have people that work for me and, you know, I don't know about you. I, I, I worry more about them than I even do myself half the time. Right. Definitely. It's like, Definitely. man, we've got to make sure that this thing works because I got people relying on me and I want to make sure that they are taken care of even more than myself. And you feel, I feel like you you have that same demeanor, but I think most, 
I can't say that because some entrepreneurs are such a-holes, you know what I mean? On, on, it's all about them and not about the people that they have. You know, I, I couldn't do any of this stuff without, without my people. And then I get lucky because I have a, a, my oldest son is kind of the one that's in here, you know, propelling forward, wanting to take over the, the next step of this. So I can step out and do some talking. Yeah. What are you going to do? What, what is it you want to do next on speaking wise? Are you wanting your other book done before you go that route? Do you think that's where you're going to, going to more, more speak on is, are you doing your book and then you're going to start looking at some, some tours and stuff like that? What's your thought on that? Yeah, I want to, I want to start, uh, I want to be on the end stage of my book before I start like really getting out there and touring. I mean, because right now I have been on podcasts and so forth. And so basically I'm kind of learning the ropes about that first. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go out and do that because as, as you know, looking at my my personality traits, that's totally that type of person. I am a total C when it comes to, you know, like the disc profiles, they have like profiling of, of your personality traits. I can't get away from it. That's just me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we (laughs) first before I get out there, you know, God makes us a certain way and we are what we are, you know, and I don't know, you know, we try and change that DNA and stuff like that. It just doesn't work. It's in our core. It's in our core. Right. And I, you know, and sometimes I, sometimes to my detriment, I'm not sure if you agree or not, but you know, I'm kind of a, a super age driven. You would, you can kind of see by my personality. I'm very competitive. I'm very age driven. I'm just very, let's go, let's go. I'm the visionary. I'm not the big organization guy in the background. You know what I mean? I got to have people that are organized around me because I'm a visionary and I want to see you do well and you can do what you want. I'm going to pump you up until, you know, you know that you can do something. That's just my personality. But to my detriment, in my head, I think everybody's like me and they are so not (laughs) right there. I'm like, man, what are you guys? What? Let's go. Even my own son. Right. My own son's a little more laid back than I am. He's a super he's a competitive guy, but just a different personality. Right. He's just got a real ever since he was born. He was smiling when he was born. And he's still that way. Just a good kid. Unless you flip script on him and then he'll he'll have a little bit of his daddy come out. But. He, you know, he's just a different and I just talked to him and I was like, son, come on, man, let's go. And I remember him saying to me, we had a serious talk and he said to me, dad, I watched you work super hard your whole life. And I watched, you know, because I had gotten divorced and I raised my children, right? My children came with me. I wasn't the weekend dad. I, I raised my kids. And he goes, I watched you, dad. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm going to have a relationship with, with, you know, I want to do some vacations. You are such a hyper driven guy that I, um, uh, that you, you, you just wanted to provide for us and I want to make sure I have some life. And I had to respect him for having that man conversation with me. He goes, I'm focused dad, but I got to have that time with my wife. I got to have that time with, with, um, you know, vacation and stuff like that. Cause I just didn't do any of that. I was just so like, boom, like, right. Yeah. And you know, when I was going through a divorce, you know, it hit me hard. And, uh, so, you know, for a man, especially our work kind of becomes our next wife. Right. Cause we're just kind of hyper-focused on that. Right. We went, I went down this trail, fail. <clears throat> this is the next one. I'm not going to fail. And that's just how I did. And so I think it's, it's, you have a, a different persona about yourself too. You know, it was powerful to see you on stage. I want to see what what you bring to the table next, and I can't wait also to kind of be a uh, on your podcast one day because I like being on the other side of the podcast because I I get to talk a little bit more about hey, listen, there's a journey, and wherever you're at in God's plan, you are going to uh, excel if you put your mind to it. And I feel like that's what you've done. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do. So where are you at? What do we get to learn from you as you want to go and speak? So you go on these hikes and you speak, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, because I'm still catapulting that part. I mean, I'm not like stagnant, but yes, I'm doing that. Um, I'm starting. I'm going to start my podcast in a few months. 
Okay, so it's going to be live, love, survive, and thrive. It's on the works. I'm getting it all ready. So you will be one of my first guests. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, 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 you utilize me. I'm, I'm going to help you put a podcast together, and, and, and so you can bypass all the, all the garbage that I had to go through. I'll talk yeah. about equipment and what, what makes it look good and everything. Yeah, and talking about my book going through libraries, going to all these different uh, places to to start keeping my book in um, places. And, you know, I'm always busy. When I'm not at, at work, I'm still working. <laughs> was it your choice? Did you, did you ever want to have children or was that not just in the cards for you? Well, because my husband had the cystic fibrosis, he always in his mind he was very nervous about having kids so if it, we said to each other if it happens it happens if it doesn't it wasn't meant to be ah mm -hmm. okay and so knowing that it might be a possibility that i never had kids with him that was the possibility and now our fur babies are our kids <laughs> and that's quite all right. I have a lot of nieces and nephews, you know, that are around, so I can, I can baby them. That's awesome, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You and I do have a love for dogs, that's for sure. You know, I love my dogs, man. They are, they are definitely my, my life. And so, Doreen, Doreen said, "How inspiring, both of you." She's a sweet lady, Rosie. She's the best aunt aunt ever. Oh, oh see. Is this, a, is this your niece that's on here? Oh, no, that's my best friend, Rosie. Oh, your best friend. She's saying that you're you're uh, you're one of the best aunts ever. I got you. Yeah. That's, she's one of your Doreen, best friends. Got it. Doreen is a, a wife of one of my high school friends. So we've been, you know, she's been one of my good friends also for years and years. So that's good. Being on my pod, listening. Yes. Well, they're all here. They're all here supporting you. That's for sure. So you got a good, you got a good core behind you. And that's the kind of thing that you need to kind of catapult you out there and, and get your, get your next book uh, going. So we're kind of winding up this hour. So here's what I want to do because you have some, such good little, little spurts. I want you to take the next minute or so. And I just want you to kind of give the, give the audience something that they can take with them for the day from your experiences, from your book, or whatever that looks like, or what you've done, or what you're on your next level, and what because you do it, somebody else can do it. The floor is all yours, Doc. Let's see what you come up with. You know, inspiration. If you lost your loved one, your spouse, your love of your life, you can still keep living inspirational messages every day. I look in the mirror and I say, I love you to myself. And I look at my dog and I say, I love you to my dog and take life as it comes. I balance my life now. I am totally into living the best life ever. Leave nothing on the table. Number two, I love life to the fullest. I love my dog to the fullest. I I love my family to the fullest. Never think that you will ever not be able to say something to them again. Because even if they pass, you could still talk to them. They're around. Survive. Make sure that you're surviving and that you learn things to survive for yourself in your brain and also in the life of survival mode. Because... You know, you never know when you're, you know, needing to have a bug out bag in your bag, in your, in your car. I have bug out bags in my car. I, I'm prepared for life um, and live life to the fullest. Always make sure that you strive and look for things that are on your bucket list. Check things off your bucket list because you never know the next day what will happen to you so live life to the fullest live love survive and thrive and that's what i want to leave you with tonight 
That is exactly what I'm talking about. You're super powerful, Doc. I'm so glad that we've got to meet and I'll be part of helping you kind of get catapult to the next level. And I'm looking forward to you, uh, you know, learning more from you as I, as I get out in my speaking stuff. So I appreciate you on my, on my cast. We'll, uh, we'll cut out here right out of the, out of the outro, just so everybody knows you can find me at markcox.com is all my interviews. She will be up on the audio. It's at, if you're on YouTube, it's uh, at uh, beyond the mat. Uh, podcast. You can find me there. She will be on my uh, the audio portion of this, so you can listen to it back, listen to it in your car, and all the stuff to get a hold of her book and everything will be on my website, and I'll put it on the YouTube thing. I appreciate you so much, Doc, for your time today. Thank you so much. Looking forward to meeting your pit bull one day. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll see you soon. Okay. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.